This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say, what's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half-time, but I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. And a very warm welcome to the Wednesday week, the Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm Lord Hillsborough, and with me on the line, first of all, we have Mr. Marriott. James L. Bean, how the cheer for you? I'm all right. Um, I've got a, what is it? I've got a 7% beer here, which I think I'm probably going to need to get through <laughs> uh, this podcast this week, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, the less of the better. Uh, Fudgy, oh boy, Fudge is with us again. You're like, you're like a reoccurring yeah, thing now, Fudge. Anybody would think I worked on this podcast, wouldn't you? Well, you when know, you say they work. Yeah, well, you know, work it's, not, it's one of them, yeah. innit? My... Work normally means it sort of infers you get paid or something, which we don't do, so. <laughs> we do this for the fun of it, because yeah. we love the football club, don't we? Well, God, don't we? You know, when we've, when we've had a few weeks like we have done, where's the fun? <laughs> you know what I mean? But we've got to crack on. We've got to crack on. We've got to power through. We've got to try and make sense of it all. That's what we're in. Is, is it Come okay now. if I still say the Sheffield Wednesday podcast? Because there's a few out there now, isn't there? We've had some, some more podcasting chums sort of join the fold, haven't we, boys and girls? Uh, well, yeah, it seems like uh, somebody else is uh, doing podcasts, and uh, well, for me, there's a distinct lack of knob gags <laughs> in all of them. But you know, whatever, uh, whatever lights the candle. Like, if they want to talk about football, I, <laughs> I think I think you have a monopoly on knob gags. <laughs> it's uh, it's weird think... actually the amount I get tagged in during the week. <laughs> if a knob gag appears, it's going to be fudgy, Bobby. Um, I apologise in advance, ladies and gents, because I'm a little bit squiffy myself this evening. Uh, I've had a lovely homebrew IPA that has uh, finally carbonated, and I've been testing all evening, so I apologise in advance. Um, (laughs) Right, then, let's crack 
bollocks, Lord bollocks. This is the only way I'm going to get through this week because it's been a very difficult week being a Sheffield Wednesday fan, boys and girls. A very difficult week indeed. Um, we'll start off with our usual running order, shall we? Um, we'll talk about the the Bolton game, the game where we played the bottom team in the championship and made them look like absolute world beaters, didn't we, gentlemen? <laughs> Come on, it's it's not like we didn't see it coming, is it? You know, it's it's um, it's what we do, isn't it? It's it's we we just struggle Why? against these lowly teams. It it was actually it was um, it was a um, what's now become like a typical Wednesday away day, whereby the day was absolutely fantastic up till about quarter to three. Um, and then it was rubbish for about two and a half hours, and then it was good again for um, for the last two three hours of uh, of the day. Um, yeah, um, I, I don't know. It it was it was so predictable, it was ridiculous. Um, down to you know, Bolton just knew exactly what to do to beat us. They played the ball down the flanks, and we just couldn't cope with it. Um, and it was you could have written the script for it. You know, we all we all saw it come in. Um, uh, with the exception of well, with the exception of either the players or the coaching staff or someone that didn't appear to see it coming, <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, I think the, the the only thing that didn't go quite according to the script was, I mean, Gary Medini's <laughs> that shit that he missed at a an open net, you know, that he he fluffed his lines well and truly there because that was, um, you know, that that was that was the last line of the script and um, he didn't manage to stick to it. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I, I, it was poor. You know, it, it was really, really poor. I remember coming away afterwards thinking that you know the second half was actually better, uh, and arguably we were unlucky not to get something out of the game. And and by you know arguably we were unlucky. I, I would say that in terms of the fact that we should have had a penalty. Um, I don't think there's anyone that watches that back and and agrees with the referee. It's it's a, a diabolical decision. Um, but I think it would have been robbery if we'd have taken a point out of that game. We, yeah, they, they were just better than us. They were better. Were they better? And, and they deserved or... the three points. What, 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 what went wrong? Because it confused the chuff at me watching the game back. It was difficult because there was a lot of misplaced passes. We seemed to have a bit of trouble in the final third. That that killer pass through to the, the strikers. Kieran Lee, bless him, he doesn't seem to be able to stay on his feet for the whole game. That boy needs some studs rather than these ridiculous moles he seems to be wearing. I just don't know. There just seems no oomph, does there? Uh, the defence, obviously, the Wildsmith incident, the pass back, the corner that led to the goal, etc., etc. It was just a comedy of errors. And it's just... Uh, there just doesn't seem to be any oomph. I mean, we've all seen on social medias about leaders and we're missing somebody. We're like a, a rudderless ship, if you like, at the moment. Is that what's going wrong? Do we need someone just to shout at the players while they're on the pitch? I, I, I don't know. I, well, you know, in in that the captain's job, in that you know, to some extent, Carlos's job. I think um, I think what's become apparent, and uh, and I don't want to come away from the Bolton game too much because I, I don't want to get too general. But the there seems to be a, a distinct lack of motivation, of fun, of people enjoying themselves when they go out and play football, which is what you say to kids for. You know, for years, when before they step out on the field, people still say, "Now, just go out and enjoy yourself." And there doesn't seem to be that. There seems to be this very rigid way of playing, and it's and it's that way, or that's what's happening. I think um, 
I think it was solidified for me when we, uh, when I think, you know, McGee decided he was, he nearly quit football. You know, working under Carlos was that demotivational for him. He nearly quit the game altogether. Now, you know, whether it's Carlos or not, or whether it's some personal issues he had himself, for me, that, that incident specifically um, spoke volumes uh, about about what the mood is like in the camp. Now, does that stem from Carlos? I mean, it was certainly apparent during the Bolton game that there was there was no real song and dance. There was no performance to it. There was no, for lack of a better term, there was no showbiz. There was there was nothing, um, you know. It was, it it, it was. Um, how did I, how did I, I put this? I think I think I said something on the lines of the fact that it was our first game for two weeks. You know, we'd had an international break, and it actually looked like it was kind of like our third game of like a really hectic week. The players just looked, they looked shattered. Um, they they looked they looked flat. They looked like they, they'd run out of ideas. Um, and just as as a as a team as a footballing unit. We we just absolutely stank of a of a team that's just it's just out of ideas, just out of ideas, and doesn't know what to do in order to um, to, to 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 win football games. Um, and yeah, we I, I, I try to try to be sensible about it and think back to the fact that we turned in you know one of our best performances of the last twelve months just two weeks earlier against Leeds. But you know that's kind of like you know three out of the last four games now. Where we've um, we've been quite painful to watch, you know. We've we've been pretty poor. Um, we we defensively, and I've I, 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 I've just got to say, it, you know, we look absolutely terrible. We look awful defensively, and I can't find a way of flowering it up. We look like um, the the defense basically of of kind of a struggling League One team who it's all about just. Just try and stick a foot in, you know. Just try and get a challenge in. Just try and nick the ball away from him. You know, there's no organisation at the back. I get the fact that, you know, we've not got a settled back four because, you know, we, we we've got we 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 were playing without a recognised centre half for a while. Then we've got a new centre half that's that's come in. Uh, then you know our our number one goalkeeper's out injured, so we've got a different goalkeeper in there. So I get that there's kind of issues with regards to communication and stuff like that but it shouldn't at this level it shouldn't matter we're talking about here a team that we're supposed to be going for promotion this season if we keep performing like that defensively we are absolutely I, I don't even think we're going to be looking at the top half of the table because you can't keep conceding goals like that and and I know you know the own goal the Hutchinson own goal you can say was unlucky or whatever but it stemmed basically from a, a defensive calamity that led to the corner and stuff like that at this level of football, that can't happen. And the problem is that I just don't see where that ends. And this is my problem at the moment, is I can't see how, where it's going to end. It's not like I think, oh, we just need such and such to happen. Because people are saying, oh, we need Glenn Leuvens to come back in. But it's only a few a few weeks ago that we were talking about Glenn Leuvens and kind of saying, oh, you know, he's teetering on the brink of being at that point in his career where he's just losing it a bit now. Um so uh, I don't know. It's 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 difficult at the moment. It's really difficult to kind of see the wood for the trees a little bit because um, I, I I can't I can't see a, a a light at the end of the tunnel. I can't see that happy ending inside. It just feels like things are really bad, and I don't know when it's gonna when it's gonna stop. And that's that's a just you know for for a football for any fan of any football club, that's a really difficult position to be in where you just think I can't see things getting better. 
is there an argument and there are various different sort of bits we could look at and, and well, for the want of a better term blame for that performance now at the beginning of the season um, I mentioned about uh, Mr Wildsmith being slightly inexperienced for our promotion push if you like and, and it has come to pass that now obviously Westwood's been out and we need someone to, to marshal the defence. And does Mr. Wildsmith maybe have just a little bit of lack of experience? Because he pulled up some cracking saves throughout the game. And so did the Bolton keeper, to be fair. Um, but could that point to the defensive issues? Maybe that we just need someone yelling at him. Because, let's face it, Mr. Westwood's not scared to yell at his defence, is he? Whereas maybe Mr. Wildsmith might be just a little bit timid when it comes to telling these people what to do. Possibly, I think. I think what you you're pointing out there though is like the tiniest little kind of cog in the the kind of machine that is Sheffield Wednesday right now. Uh, and yeah, you know, you, you're possibly right that maybe uh, a more experienced goalkeeper can command the defense a little bit better. But let's remember the last game that that Kieran Westwood played in. We conceded four goals at home. You know, it's it's not like things were right before then. I don't think he should have been playing in that game, should he? He he was clearly injured in that game. In my personal opinion, I could be utterly, utterly wrong, but to me, he just didn't look like Westwood. And I think he was all sort of injectioned up to play in that game because of the game. I think probably Wildsmith would have been a better option if Westwood was uh, hurting for that game, basically. I think, I think James is right, though, in what he says in terms of saying it's, it, it's a... It's a small cog in what in what's what's wrong with the club right now. I think I think it, it's a factor. Don't Absolutely. get me wrong. I think the uh, I think the biggest one is motivation for me. Nobody seems to look bothered. There doesn't seem. Do you, do you remember the game at uh, Brighton when we were going to Wembley, and the, uh, the you've seen the videos and and we were all there and, and we you know the, the the team were jumping on each other's back and there was chanting and shouting and we've not seen anything close to that. You know what I mean? We haven't seen anything close to, for example, you know, Fernando Forestieri mugging off um, Ross Wallace about his goal that, that he said had not been given. That sort of thing. That 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 laugh, that yeah. banter. God, I hate that word right now. But, you know, it, there doesn't seem to be that buzz and that excitement around the club anymore. The pressure has clearly gotten to either the manager, the players, or, you know, is it our fault? Do we have a, um, a part to play in it because of the way we, you know, we're not we're not quiet when it comes to voicing our opinion you know, at the pitch or at social media or, or, or any other way we get to the get access to the players. Now, you know, there is there is a definite lack of bounce, for, for lack of a better phrase. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I think you're, I think people are actually scared to bounce after the, what happened at the um, the derby game. I don't I don't know what you mean about um, the derby game. It, but... it, it, it did happen. <laughs> Just did, wipe did that from your memory, Pudgy Hobbin. Damn right too. It, it's weird because again, it's it, as I mentioned, it's 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 all these little, as you say, factors that sort of plough into this. And and whose responsibility is it to get the players up for the game? Is it is it manager's responsibility? Is it players' responsibility? Is it a fans' responsibility? I mean, we we've been accused of being. I don't mean this derogatory, but bipolar fans because of the way that we've reacted to the the recent results, shall we say? But. To be perfectly frank, we're watching quite a bipolar yeah. team at the moment, aren't we? We're I think there's, there's the a up. level of inconsistency there. Uh, there there's, there's, there's a massive one, and that's that's nothing new with this football club, as we as, as, as we all know. Now, I'm actually quite glad I'm on I'm on here with you two because you two are the the closest people to me that are the happiest of clappers. 
do, do you know what I mean? And and I, and I wanted to know. Um, not, not right now. You now, see, I'm this, this is why. why I'm happy that you're here because you've un- unfortunately, James, become like the uh, the local spokesperson for Carlos out somehow. <laughs> I don't I don't even know how that happened because I, I was like thinking, well, hang on a minute, you know. He, he was like, he was the one at the start of the season saying, I'm really glad that Chancier has given him his chance and he deserves another bite of the cherry and it shows a lot what type of person Chancier he is, yada, yada, yada. And now all of a sudden you're uh, Carlos out poster boy. How's that happened? Uh, I don't. I mean, to sort of clarify um, uh, that, in all seriousness, I, I, I kind of d- joked about it on Twitter, saying I never really expected to become spokesman for the kind of the Carlos Out camp. But um, I, I don't think I am. You know, I've not suddenly become a you know Carlos Out uh, advocate, uh, and I'm not. You know, some of the stuff that's been said um, on, um, on on Twitter and on social media about Carlos has been absolutely vile. It's been horrendous. Um, and totally, utterly out of order. Um, I even think the crowd chanting Carlos out at the uh, at the Bolton game, and I don't know whether or not you, you heard that on the radio or not. I noticed on on the Channel Five show that they they kind of made reference to some newspapers saying that that, that it happened. I mean, it happened. It was it was quite loud within the um, within the away end. It didn't last very long, but it was it was a sizable chunk of the away fans. I didn't. I didn't join in on 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 that, but it doesn't. It doesn't change the fact that the the opinion that I've come to is that we've reached a point now, and there's kind of. Uh, I just can't see anywhere else for us to go, and it doesn't feel like we're on the verge of, of of turning a corner and and suddenly everything being all right again. Which which brings us kind of to what you were saying, Fudge, about the fact that you know that feel good factor's gone. And maybe that's inevitable. Maybe you get that, you know, the first year when, when you've been an average championship team season after season after season, the first year when someone comes in, brings in some good players, brings in, you know, some some, some money to spend um, and you kind of against the odds have a really good season, then maybe inevitably after that, you're no longer the underdog. You're one of the favourites and, 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 and that is either going to go one of two ways, which is you realise your potential as a football team, which we haven't done, or you underachieve, which is where we are now. We're underachieving. And I think the problem is that we're underachieving badly at the moment. You know, we, we, we are way, way behind where we should be to the point whereby, you know, we're, we're, we're getting left behind a bit at the moment. And, um, you know, it's not the end of the world. Th- these things can, can, can turn themselves around really quickly. At this stage of the season, you go on a good run and you're right back up there. My, my problem at the moment is that I can't see us going on that good run. And I think in the past where we've had you know, slightly iffy patches under Carlos, there's been enough there for us to think, look, let's just stick with it. You know, performances are good. You know, we're, we're, we're really unlucky with this and we're unlucky with that. At the moment, I, I just can't, I can't see that. It's really difficult. It really, really, because we know that the potential is there for that to happen. We saw it in the Leeds game. We've seen it in particular games this season, but we need it to, to stick, don't we? And that's what's not happening. And I, I don't know why. I can't put my finger on why. Obviously, we we know that we're missing a leader. We we know that the keepers out, or the main keeper, should I say? We know that we could possibly do with a, a a better final third ball, but that's something that the players need to be fighting for. And as Fudge said, we seem to be missing that that oomph. That that it's, it's it's difficult to put your finger on. I mean, you look at some particular teams, and it doesn't matter who's playing in those teams, the caliber of the player. But if the the team spirit is there, I mean, you look at our noisy neighbours at the moment. It's not particular. 
skillful team, is it? But they have got team spirit in abundance. They really, really have. And it's chuffing and annoying for me to say that out loud. But they have. Uh, obviously, what happened with Leicester, they're not a, a team of world-beating football players, but clearly they were an actual team. And we've seen that at Sheffield before, as Fudge said, with um, the, the, the buggering about and all that kind of thing. And it, it's gone. And I don't know whose responsibility that is. Because at the Bolton game, the fans were fantastic. The first 10 minutes, they didn't show up singing. It was like a home game. The, the away fans are amazing at the beginning of the game. They were so, so loud. And you could tell they were there to cheer the tear up. So we're doing our job. So who's not doing their job when it comes to team spirit? I think that's um, that, yeah. I think I think that's that, that's the best point. Uh, I, and I think this is where Wednesday fans get the reputation they do amongst other Wednesday fans because you know what? Back in the days of you know Dave Richards and 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 from then and watching this club do this demise at the turn of the millennium, we've still turned out in our numbers. We've still done our part. We've still shouted and screamed and chanted. And for years, we've got nothing back. And as soon as we've had that little carrot dangled right in front of us, we've had this new chairman. We've had an investment. We're not going to go bust. We're still turning out and we're still doing what we do, but we're still not being rewarded by one quality football and two results, you know, before we even go down that route of which is better. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? It's, and that and, and, it, and we get so frustrated, and we have been for so many years. I want something to cheer about, and the players need to give us something to cheer about. Now, whether it falls down to the manager, whether it falls down to the players, you know, time will tell. We'll, we, will, we will find that out. But, you know, let's not stray too far away from this Bolton game. You know, let's. they've scored 11 goals. 11 <laughs> goals since the start of the season. Five of them have been against us. You wind me up. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, but Medine's <laughs> not scored any of them. You've got to remember that. Medine's not got any of them. That's a good song. <laughs> Can I um one other point about the um the Bolton game, and this is, I mean, it'll be forgotten within you know days or anything, but um obviously we 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 scored and we're going to take the goal all all day long, um but. How how was yeah. that not a red card? You know, he put his arms up in the air and tried to catch the ball. Now I get the fact that for the referee to give the goal for him to play on and give the goal, he can't send the player off because if you're going to send someone off, you've got to stop the game there and then. That's the way the the laws of the game work. If it's a red card, you've got to stop play to send that player off because they might then go and influence play if you allow them to stay on the pitch and play advantage so for him to give the goal he can't send him off see like it's a dilemma that and, and and we talked about it at the game and said yeah we'd rather it be a yellow card and we'll take the goal rather than run the risk of us not scoring the penalty and not getting back in the game even though they'll be down to um down to 10 but it, ju- it does make you wonder doesn't it some of the, the the refereeing that we've seen not just against us actually you know some of it's kind of been in our in our favor but just some some ludicrous decisions over the last particularly the last few weeks but over the last two three months really pretty much all season um we've we've just seen some astonishing stuff and and that that yellow card for for kieran lee for for that for that dive i mean that mm. that's just scandalous that, that was terrible um and I'm 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 going to quote something here that that um, Chris Holt said actually in 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 one of his tweets after the game. Um, the probably the most disappointing thing about the fact that it wasn't a red card and the fact that 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 penalty didn't get given 
is that it kind of felt like it gave Carlos something yeah. to cling yeah. on to, something to blame, rather than rather than in his post-match interview just holding his hands up, going, Do "You know what? We weren't good enough today, and um, yeah, tactically we we weren't up to it. Uh, the shape was wrong, the game plan was wrong, the formation was wrong, and the players weren't good enough. And I'm going to go in the dressing room now, and I'm going to tell them that." Um, he he again turned it around to all being about kind of refereeing decisions and stuff, and I think that's that's part of the reason for me why I've kind of reached the point where I've got to now with it, which is that you know I listen to Carlos's post-match interviews and I just find them boring, really boring, same old stuff, and really difficult to defend when when you, when you're a fan of of his, um, because um, yeah, I mean that that refereeing performance on Saturday was was poor, but it it didn't excuse just. How how bad we were as a as a unit. Mm. No, you're not wrong. Absolutely. Um, so the Bolton game, boys and girls, we'll we'll put that to bed, shall we? And, and mark it off as typical Wednesday, shall we? Obviously, we always do quite well against teams above us and not so well against teams below us. Um, to be honest, I, I I've watched the game back twice just to try and figure out what happened. And I, Oh, you, of course. I don't know, absolutely. And it's just because it's confusing for me because I'm just like, ah, and it's just, it's oh, so frustrating. Um, but let's put it to bed. We, we, yeah, we need to file it on the shelf that's laid. <laughs> I think it needs to get filed away with the uh, the last derby in a little box, just an imaginary box, with the last derby and the, uh, the game that was on telly against Blackburn where we lost 7-2 and just... <laughs> and just leave it there, and and the, oh, I think there was one against Leeds a couple of years before as well. Yeah, they lost six one on telly there back in BBC days. Yeah, we just lock that away and we just put it on a Absolutely. shelf somewhere and go. Right, moving on, kids, moving on. Yeah, we'll, we'll forget about that. Uh, right then, ladies and gents, so let's crack on with some uh, some Wednesday news for this week, shall we? Uh, first things first, uh, you chaps, uh, I assume that you saw uh, Mr. Kirkland's uh, writings mm. that, that popped up in the media this week. Very, it's, it's it's getting to the point where it's difficult to say now because more and more players are doing this, which I think is absolutely fantastic. But still, for Kirtland to come out and, and made the comments he did, it's incredibly brave, wasn't it? Obviously, this was regarding depression and uh, obviously how we felt at Sheffield Wednesday and, and leaving Wigan and those sorts of things. And more and more players are coming out with this now, obviously, after what happened with, with Guy Speed and all those sorts of things. Um, but but still, no matter how many players do it, I I still do think it is super brave of players to do this sort of thing, isn't it? And it, and it needs yeah. to be coming from those people. I yeah, uh, I I think it does. I mean, bear in mind, you know, you were us three. We we were we were children in born in Thatcher's Britain in the eighties, growing up in South Yorkshire, where there was there was like a there is a an onus to uh, to show your metal, show your steel, and and show you couldn't be messed with and be hard and stuff like that, and and. The world's changed in the last, I want to say, 30 years since since then, since those days. And, you know, even now in football specifically, we have this stigma that a player can't just be gay. He has to do this big coming out in the in the paper. And, and, and it's like uh, there is a comedian, uh, Sean Locke, does a bit on uh, talking about Emma mm. Watson saying that uh, they literally followed around going two weeks till she's 16 and then we can post some raunchy pictures of her, which is a bit weird. Do you know what I mean? And we've kind of got that with, with a player coming out <laughs> as, as being homosexual. Like, why can't a, why can't the bloke just be gay? Why does it have to be a big, grandiose announcement? Why does there have to be, you know, uh, articles saying, 
come on, you know, um, who's going to be the next one to come and do it? Who's going to be this guy? And it's the same with mental health issues. They're still the same thing. They, they, they come from that same ilk where you're not allowed to to have this sort of feeling because you're hard, because you're a footballer. You've got to pretend you're not injured. You've got to pretend that you you need an help. You've got to pretend that you're shuffling a full deck. When, well, sorry, that's a bit derogatory, but, you know, it, you, you, there's still that 80s Thatcher's Britain onus to try and be this big, tall, stand-proud guy. And I think what Chris Kirkland did to turn around and go, actually, do you know what? I'm not okay, was, was absolutely fantastic. Mm. And I think... What we're going to see, uh, uh, and th there is an element of it being trendy right now to do it, but I think what it needs is more people like Chris Kirkland to go, um, yes, it's okay to not be okay. And um, and what, what he's done is, 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 is open what I hope is a floodgate because... Well, you know, people go on about these guys that struggle with with life after football. I mean, you don't. I mean, we had one with um, the guy from Villa. Uh, what was his face? A um, couple of couple of months back. I'm sorry, that, that's really horrible. Um, yeah, Daley and Atkinson. Absolutely. We had it with uh, we had it with him, and he was yeah. a player during the eighties and the nineties when you had to show you steal, and and he wasn't cool. It wasn't okay. Nobody put his arm around him and went, Daley, listen, do you, do you want to chat, brother? Because uh, you know what you're doing isn't 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 right but nobody questions it and um and i hope that chris kirkland has become a poster boy for young footballers to go do you know what i don't feel ostracized i can talk about this and there's somebody for me to talk to and uh, not just young footballers young men because it, yeah. it is a thing yeah, i mean yeah. I've, I've got teenage sons and and they struggle with it they, they, they struggle with, with talking openly and um it's a difficult thing to to talk about with with anybody um so obviously if if young wednesdayites out there uh, i do hope they've, they've they've got this chris Kettle thing and obviously all the other various footballers that come out with it especially after the of course the the gary speed incident and etc etc it, it it is nice that it's out there in the in the public forum and that that if they can see their their heroes, the the people they look up to, speaking about this kind of thing, then they are more likely to talk about it on there because it is still in this day and age, uh, there is a stigma attached to it, and, and there shouldn't be, and it's it's so difficult and so so brave because obviously, with with Kirtland's family issues that he had, obviously his wife wasn't very well for a long time as well, and, and those sorts of things. It, it, we just see the, the people focus on the money aspect of football, and these players should be able to cope with anything because they've got hundreds and thousands of pounds in the bank account and it doesn't work like that if your wife's not very well your wife's not very well if if you've got these issues you've got these issues anybody can have these issues and, and for these chaps to come out and speak about this I, I still think no matter how many people do it because football is still a very testosterone driven environment and i think it's fantastic that these chaps are, if, if, if an actual footballer could do it now obviously hutch has done it um i think it's just fantastic and so so brave Yeah, I, I think you, you, you're dead right and, and, you know, completely echo what you've both said there. Um, huge respect to Chris Kirkland for, for talking about something that's um, almost like a, a, a brushed under the carpet thing in, um, in, in football. You know, I mean, non, we, we, we sit here and talk about football every week, but, you know, we don't know what the day-to-day the -day reality of, of it being your job is, is like, whether or not, you know, a, a dressing room is is a really kind of macho place and, and talking about feelings and, you know, having issues that are, are to do with, 
you know mental health and and, and stuff like that are um are, are brushed under the carpet and just you know maybe not allowed to be um topics so you know anything that that breaks a bit of stigma there is 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 a, is a brilliant thing and you know i i really um i i feel for kind of um players who were kind of breaking through at a really young age kind of like you know 16 17 18 19 year old players who find themselves suddenly thrust into the limelight um you know i'm i i i i can't imagine how i'd have handled something like that at, at that age um and and i know that there's more help out there now than there ever has been in 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 terms of helping young footballers deal with uh what's kind of thrown their way um but you've got people like you know Deli Ali mm-hmm. who's still only what is he like 19 20 years old something something like that um and he's you know and like an experienced um premier league champions league england international footballer now um and he's still at an age whereby <laughs> you know i could barely tie my own shoelaces at, 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 at that age i certainly couldn't you know, i couldn't tie a tie my mum had to do my tie for me when i went to work you know um so you know uh, fo- football is um is is a very unforgiving game in that in that respect because you know with the the media and the press and everything now uh from from a really young age your entire life is lived out in in public and everyone has got something to say about everything that you do uh and um you know your your life is almost not not your own and um you know uh, i think getting a real insight into what effect that can have um and, and and what could be going on in a footballer's mind and in a in their brain it doesn't matter how much money they're earning if someone's having issues and struggling with with the situation that they're in then um you know they need to be able to say that they need help and i think what chris kirkland's done is is is, is brilliant really brave and a massive well done to absolutely him. and just remember boys and girls out there it is okay not to be okay so if you are suffering with these things as mr kirkland did go Talk to someone, find help, phone the numbers. There are a million different people out there that can help you, and they really can help. So please, please do that. Whether you're celebrating a birthday, a wedding, or anniversary, maybe you've passed your driving test, or you've landed a new job. Well, whatever your reason for a party, the Riverside Cafe is the perfect location on Catch Bar Lane overlooking Hillsborough Stadium. To inquire about hiring us for your function, call 07989 856 054 or 0114-232-6121. It is time, ladies and gentlemen, to discuss the Carlos debate. Now, there has been various um, outlets, and, and obviously everybody has an opinion on this. I'll be honest with you, I'm struggling with my opinion on, on what's going to happen at the moment. There's been some cracking writings out there. Um, I read one today from uh, Louis Shackshaft, obviously, a uh, friend of the show. Um, I read one from uh, War of the Monster Trucks, which was another fantastic piece. There was also some chap called James Marriott that did some writing in the star as well. Um, I don't know who he is. Uh, he gets where water can't that chap these days he's on telly, he's in the paper, he's all over the place bless him um, but it, it has become an issue and it, it does need to be talked about and I'll be honest with you my, my heart wants Carlos to stay so so badly my head says it's just a really bad idea <laughs> and and I'm, I'm struggling to admit to myself that Carlos maybe, maybe has come to the end of what he can do this for, for, for this football club. And, and it, it pains me to say it so much. It, it, it actually hurts because I love Carlos so, so much. But and a, a lot of people out there will be screaming at their 
listening devices at the moment saying stop being such a woof to Lord H. But I love him. I, I love him so, so much. And I, I, I don't want to break up. <laughs> but I know it's one of the best if we do. And it, it, it kills me. It really, really does. But I can't see break a way up. forward with him break at the moment. Is the I really can't. the best way of putting it, Lord H. I think. Uh, have you ever been in one of those relationships really where you don't is, want yeah, to do it, it really to is, him, yeah. but you're going to have to break up with him? You're like, come on, man. You know, it, neither of us are happy, but you're just staying with them just just because you're quite fond of them. You know what I mean? You don't want to see them sad. But, um, I, you know, that last night there was just this crap rumour that had no substance to it whatsoever that he'd gone, that he'd, uh, that he'd been sacked. Now, what got me quite angry was that some people were literally dancing on his grave. It was, it was abhorrent some of the responses we got now essentially if you know if carlos does go what we should be saying is listen carlos thanks for the memories we're just going to give it a new roll of the dice because i believe it's a morale issue i don't i don't believe our recruitment's as poor that everybody's made it out to be i don't think it's been stellar don't get me wrong i mean how how we didn't get somebody like jota from birmingham who uh, from brentford who would have been an absolute cracking signing and looking at some of the signings that even birmingham themselves made um you know, Redknapp wasn't getting a tune out of them, but they, they've signed some very, very good players, and so have Villa. And it's not like we don't have the financial clout to back it up. It's just whether we can spend it or not. Um, but, you know, that, that aside, our, our recruitment's been... It's been okay, but we're not getting a tune out of these players. We're not getting a tune out of a striker that we've paid, you know, seven figures for, uh, eight figures for, and... Um, and he's and he's renowned for pissing goals in this league. Now, how, why are we not getting a tune out of him? Is it his tactics? Is it his motivation? Because I I, I I personally can't understand it. And and I think I, I alluded to it earlier. What my big issue is, it's that bounce. We 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 don't have that. We don't have that full time Brighton uh, mentality anymore. We don't have that. Uh, well, go on then, Jose. Why don't you give Ronaldo a call if he's such good mates? Turns out he is, and we're all dressed up in Amsterdam. We don't have that anymore. We don't. It's not there. It's not there. <laughs> have we got somebody in that's pulling it apart? And we all thought it was Forestieri. We all thought it was Nando. And we all thought that with him out, out of the team for a bit, this actually could be good for us. This could be good for us to to get everybody together and galvanise the squad once again. Turns out it's been an absolute bloody nightmare. And. Um, <laughs> and if anything, Fernando was the um, whether he because he was the butt of a few gags because he, he you know he drives around on a crap bike, but you know um, is was he the, you know was he the king of the panther in the uh, in the dressing room? We don't, we're never going to know the know the answers to that. <laughs> but what I, what I can tell you is Carlos is not the king of the banter, and I think it's uh, you know and I think the twenty pound note has uh, has has come back a tenner. A tenner with um, somebody else's faces on other than the Queen. It's uh, it's it's, oh, it's so difficult, and I hate myself for saying it, but I I, I can't. We, we need to we need to freshen up, don't we? Uh, we we need someone that's gonna. It's going to sort this out. I, I, I can't think of any other way through it. The, the, the team against Bolton sent stale. They didn't against Leeds. This is what's confusing about it for me. And the the only thing I can point to is that Carlos isn't in the dressing room, saying, "Look, these fans have paid this much amount of money. These fans want to see you play well. These fans want to see this. Show some passion." Because I tell you what, Megson would have done it money you'd have had them up the cop and all that kind of thing and we know that's there and i i, I just can't feel it anymore I, i've never felt so disassociated from my football club a lot of people say that 
that seems to be a very big phrase, doesn't it? A lot of people feel very disconnected with the club and very disassociated. Now I think it's got something to do with the, the whole kit debacle and stuff like that. But bear in mind, we've not had a chairman before that does these things like steering groups, but we still feel disassociated. It- it's mental, isn't it? And I feel exactly the same. Is to me at the moment the, the, the thing with the, the questions for the chairman and and don't get me wrong, it's brilliant that he's is happy to do that, but I do still think it's rather sterile. I think it's 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 fantastic that we can go to these things. We can we can speak to the chairman. We can ask our questions, and there are some people that that turn up and do ask stupid questions and do want just to shout at the chairman. Obviously, the most recent thing with the the questions to the chairman, uh, which are emailed in, are obviously going to be. Um, filtered, aren't they? Um, and it's really, really difficult, all that kind of thing. Dongar X is wonderful that he's, he's happy to do that. But is that now his job to do that? Because it, right now it feels like lip service. It feels like placating the fans. Because the questions that we're asking that aren't getting the answers, like where's the kit and what's happening, and, and, and what is those questions, there's still things that the clubs are hiding from us. or Not so much hiding, but keeping away from us if you like no I, I get that and I, I understand that but you know there's some things that should remain sacrosanct inside the way a football club works there's a lot of us that, that think we know it all and, and think we we know exactly how, how this sort of business works but we don't you know what i mean we absolutely have no idea and, yeah, but we um, should know where the kit is shouldn't we? we should know where the kit is and, and we've had some kind of half-assed thing about it but we had an update today didn't we from the, in the start saying that it should be in the shops by the end of by the end of this month hopefully they're trying to get out for uh, for birthday season uh you know what i mean <laughs> but um but yeah they you know that well no we're coming to the end of it, uh, it, it you know half term is the end of birthday season but yes it is very late Right. Still, we're still, we're still, still mid mid swing birthday season. Right. Yeah. We are Late right birthday now. Season. Um, birthday season for the for the people with the, the sperm that was a little bit yeah, slow. Yeah, 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 yeah. What what you've got now is is instead of yeah, yeah. So we, when the September babies are the uh, it's cold in January, you know, mum and dad are knocking boots at Christmas time type of thing, <laughs> uh, and the ones that are born in October, which I think uh, is me, uh, we're uh, Valentine's Day babies. Do you know what I mean? That's it's You're actually a thing. Bunch, you, it's 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 it. I, I was I was born in April. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That mean? Pissed. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. Um, I think it, it, can we not kind of just say uh, the kids been done to death, been it? To death yeah. hasn't it? And 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 we know you know the the last the last club that tried making its own kit was Southampton. Uh, three, four years ago in the in the Premier League, they did it for one year and then they went to Adidas the year after. Um, you know, it's one of those things that is uh, notoriously difficult to do well. Um, you know, I kind of like the fact that they've tried to do it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to um, the steering group, which is uh, next Wednesday, um, because it would be interesting to kind of sound them out a little bit on right. You know, now is the time normally when you've got a, a kit supplier that you have to be agreeing the yes. designs for next season because yes. there's a six-month wait to actually get the shirts. So, you know, where are we at in terms of next season? Um, you know, let's write off this season. It's it, it's obviously not not happened. But I mean, I think I think the the kit thing and and, and the thing about feeling disassociated from the uh, from the club. Ultimately, this is all actually just a, a symptom of the fact that we're 
not winning football games and we're not playing very well. Because this thing about, you know, particularly the thing about feeling disassociated from the club, if we were top of the league and we were winning every game, there'd be no one saying, I, I, I just feel a little disconnected from the club. You know, stuff like that is, is forgotten when the team is, is, is winning. Uh, when 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 we're not doing very well, all right. Well, you know, hang on a sec. Um, when when we're not when we're not doing very well, then you know stuff like that becomes a bigger issue. The the shirt thing I think has seemed a bigger issue to people because other stuff on the pitch stuff is not going right. Um, and you know, for, for for me, all this comes back to is, and I've I've said this before, it's about doing the talking on the pitch. Um, you know, wh- whether or not um the questions the chairman get you know, edited or, 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 or whatever. Um, I, I just want the team to go out and win. You know, that that is all that I'm I'm really bothered about. And for me that's what this comes back to time after time after time. Um and and yeah, I mean the the disconnected from the uh from the from the club thing, that surely that is 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 down to the fact that when the team isn't winning, these things become a bigger deal to everyone. how how why do you not think that's the case? It's more the... At the moment, I do feel like we... Again, I, I apologise in advance because it's difficult to say this, especially as a massive, massive Sheffield Wednesday fan. Right now, I feel like a lot of the Wednesday fans are being treated as pound signs. Um, obviously, we we know that um, the watch debacle that all mucked up where people got these wonderful, wonderful 150th anniversary watches and then they sold too many, and then they got this email saying, well, you can have this watch instead. And then, obviously, the, the Club 18, what's it thingy, where we, we promise that if we, we give this much money to the club, we get this wonderful plaque on this seat, and then when we do get to the Premiership, you'll have this, this wonderful deal with your season ticket, which may or may not happen, because there's no actual signed contract saying that will or will not happen. And... I, I can understand it from from a, a business point of view that yes, they need investment. They need ways to look around the fair play and, and those sorts of things. But is that the fans' responsibility? It is to an extent, but it but it isn't because I mean, let, let let let's be honest. If we're talking about Sheffield Wednesday as a unit, as as a big entity, as 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 a club, then. Yes, you know, we're, we're all in it together, X, Y, Z, you know, happy, clappy, all that sort of nonsense. Now, um, but in terms of, I think we're shooting too high. Now, the fact that we have to sell these dream scenes for 850 quid, does that not make you think, Christ, how much financial trouble are we actually in? What what sort of money are they paying these players? Because we are, we are, I think it was somebody wrote this big, long, grandiose email to, uh, to the chairman, didn't they, when they're... Uh, that was on Twitter doing the rounds, I think, about a week ago. And uh, and on it, it said that we are 39 out of 40 in terms of the, in terms of income and we're one of the lowest in uh, in terms of capita per person or something like that. It was a great little stat. And I think we should have more accessible tat because there doesn't seem to be any... There's not nothing available on the website, for example, that's cheaper than about 30 quid or something like that. Why don't we get volume of stuff why don't we just import a load of crap from china stick a wednesday badge on it and and you know and do it that way we seem to be going in at the top end too much would you agree they've, they've proved that they can't do that they've got a, a watch in there that's worth 60 quid they stuck a wednesday badge on it sold it for 150 quid and chuffed that up 
all we want, the, the 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 normal football fan. Obviously, I know Jay, you're not a colours chap, but Fudge, you're you're really a colours chap. Obviously, you live out of the area. You want to show your pride in Minnesota Sheffield Wednesday fan. And the one thing that does that for you every single season is a sh- is a shirt. That's what us fans buy. We buy football shirts. We we wear them with pride, and we can't do that. The the dream scene debacle, which has been brilliant, and if you've got lots and lots and lots of money in the bank, I would love to have that. Beautiful, beautiful painted up on my wall at full size. But even the one that is coming down to, to a normal fan's price ch- sort of price range is still £150, and they got that wrong because the names on it were wrong. And it's like the, the one thing that is there at the moment for a normal standard football fan is a keering, which you can have one or you can have two with a box that's going to charge you an extra two quid for. And it's like... Exactly. What what is there for me as a as a normal working class and obviously I'm a lord, but as a working class football fan, what is for me from my football club that I've supported for the last thirty years? Tell me. I can't have a shirt. Exactly my point. You know it's gonna be something like sixty quid, so brace yourselves, that's gonna happen. Uh, you know, I don't understand why we're selling last season's kit for full price. For me I'd rather get rid of them, get them out and and, you know, and, and draw a line under it and, and see you later. I don't know why they've not struck up a deal with Toffs, because uh, I noticed a lot of people are talking about that on uh, on websites like the Cop End and things like that, about getting a uh, a classic shirt. You know, that, why, why have we not done that? Why have we not made the club more accessible to what we essentially are, working-class people? I, I'm not sure if if Mr Chancery understands the football fan yet, and, and that's what disturbs me and this is why I'm feeling disconnected from my football club I could walk in and buy a bendy pencil or I could walk in and buy uh, a tote and it is as you say Roger, it's tat it's rubbish but it's something that I can put on my desk in my lording office and say look here I'm a Sheppy Wednesday fan here's my Sheppy Wednesday mug there it is and I want one from this season and I want one that's that I can be proud of and at the moment the things that are coming out for the 150th anniversary of my football club, which to me is special, it really, really is, but I've not got a spare eight and a half grand to stick a painting on my wall on there. And and that's where I think I'm I'm disconnected from this football club at the moment. There's nothing for the, your normal working class man. All right. Okay. Uh, look, yeah, I, I, I get what everyone's saying. And, um, uh, you know, I mean, it's, obviously it's different, but... Um, the uh, there's a there's a team in germany that i've started following called st pauli who people might have have heard of who are actually kind of very similar to sheffield wednesday in terms of the fact that at the moment they're a very average second flight team um who have got this amazing ability to win one game and then lose two um but um they they sell in terms of merchandise you know, you name it you can buy it with a st pauli badge on it you know they sell um they sell st pauli wellies um, you can buy a toaster that prints the St. Pauli logo on your bread as it toasts it. <laughs> you know, you, I mean, there is there is honestly nothing that you can uh, that you can't buy, and not just there. You know, they've, not just at the at the ground. They've got a shop in the centre of Hamburg uh, at the airport. You can buy all their uh, all their stuff, and they've got an amazing variety of stuff. And I, I, when I was in Berlin a couple of weeks ago, the shops in Berlin that sell all St. Pauli merchandise you know they've got the fourth highest income in the country 
uh, from merchandise sales, and they're an average second flight, you know, uh, team. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, we we are uh, as a football club, Sheffield Wednesday, miles behind. We all know this. This is not new. You know, this this has been the situation for at least a decade, um, if if not longer than that. You know, we we we're really bad at it, and. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure they've got a plan to sort it out. Every time I go to a steering group, they talk about contracts they're negotiating at the moment. I'm sure at some point we'll see a, a flood of stuff that that comes into the shop. And if it doesn't, then you know, there's 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 real problems somewhere along the line. But let's not lose sight about the fact that we need to start winning football games. That's all that really matters right now. Whether or not you can buy the shirt, I know, is, is a bigger issue to some people than other people, but it's not going to affect whether or not we're in the will mix, come what may, at the end of this season. Um, well, it, it, it's um, funds coming into will, the club. It? It's money coming into the club. It's not going to directly affect it this season. But in terms of FFP next year and making enough money coming in, it, it all affects it. it. it it's... it's, it's 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 not it's not going to affect whether or not we can sign anyone in January, is it? Because let's be fair, at best, the, this, the the shirts will be on sale in time for Christmas, and uh, you know we may well sell quite a few as as Christmas presents, uh, which will probably pay I don't know Stephen Fletcher's wage for a fortnight. You know, it's not going to suddenly mean that we can go out and spend another ten million pounds in, um, in 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 January. So so what matters right now is that we concentrate on getting the on the field stuff right, and I think we've got to keep sight of. Uh, of of that, and I hope that the chairman keeps sight of that as well. Uh, that you know this 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 segment of the podcast started with us talking about what we need to do in terms of Carlos and, and, and moving forward, um, and you know we've kind of strayed into talking about buying bendy pencils from the club shop. That I think it does. I think when, it really when, does. I really when, do. when we're in the situation that we're in right now. Okay, I, so I don't, well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it does. I, I think, I think there's a conversation to have there, but I don't think you can put it on a par with a discussion about whether or not the manager that we've got in place at the moment is is the right guy to take us forward. In terms of the fact that I'm not prepared to write off this season yet, we we can be back up there in 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 a matter of you know six weeks, but um, it, it feels a million miles away right now. Whether or not you can buy the merchandise that you want to buy from the shop is is a is a valid conversation, but I don't see it as being on the same level as a discussion about uh, what what's happening in terms of our manager's situation right now. No, I mean, bear in mind it was a natural progression about being associated with the club. I mean, you know, like I mean, let, let's let's bring it back round then. So, so like I said, James, you you, you know, you become the <laughs> poster boy of the uh, from the Sheffield Star of the of the Carlos out camp. Yeah. Um, and you were very diplomatic about it, especially when you were on Channel Five at the uh, at the weekend. You, you know, you've you've not kicked off like a lot of a lot of people have on Twitter. You were very diplomatic, and you said, and I think I think this is the best phrase for me, which it, which what which is what made it measured was, I think it's time for a change. It's not Carlos out. It's crap. It, you, you know, you were very, you were constructive, but I think that that phrase, I think it's time for a change, is is quintessential for me and where I feel with it because I, I think that um, I think we a change might get the best out of the players especially especially in terms of morale is that what you meant okay so if we were gonna gonna say that obviously I think we're all bending towards we need a change aren't we is that fair to say chaps well I've, I've said it on TV I can't backtrack now can I bloody hell yeah definitely definitely 
Yeah. No, I think Carl should stay for the next giving of the contract. <laughs> uh, I just so, had too uh, many beers on Saturday night. I don't realise I'm saying <laughs> these things. But, you know, uh, no, yeah, I think I think that's absolutely true. I, I, I think I think we're all. I, I think you know a measured way of looking at it is just we've we've just reached a certain point and 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 the description that you guys gave earlier of the fact that it's a little bit like a relationship where you kind of really like the person that you're with and you really like the person that you're seeing but you just know there's there's no future in it you know it's 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 gone as far as it can go when you you sat in the in the living room in the evening in complete silence because you've just you've, you've said everything that can be said and you just know I really like this person but we've got to go our separate ways in order to get anywhere with our our lives and that that it feels like that situation that we we are with with Carlos right now, and you know the the idea of 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 seeing him with someone else, uh, you know, is it upsets me. Yeah, the idea that you know, <laughs> the idea that you know, if, if he does leave, him, then can. you know, yeah, he'll yeah. get a job somewhere else, possibly even in this league, um, and we're gonna have to see him on someone else's touchline. Yeah. And I'm like. I, I, that that yeah. you know, it hurts me. You know, he is he he has become in terms of the, the this current modern Sheffield Wednesday era. He's all we know. You know, he has become Mister Sheffield Wednesday. Um, so it's it's I mean it's it's gutted. It's devastating to kind of think about him not being our manager and, and going somewhere else and um, you know giving crazy press conferences where he screws up twenty pound notes. Although by then we might have the new twenty pound note that you can't screw up, can you? Because it's not made of paper. Um, you know the idea of him doing that somewhere else is, um, you know, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> but sometimes it's for the greater good, isn't it? And 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 you just reach that point where you just know it's it's the right thing and it's time. So, all that said, I mean, it's hard for me to admit this to myself that yes, it is time for a change. Who's going to be that change? Because that's the the big big question. We've all seen various I hate different questions. I think it's yeah. ridiculous. I think. But I... that's the thing. Is, is, there are various different names that have been banded about, and 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 we've seen them all on Twitter. Obviously, Big Sam, I I don't think he'd come. I, I think he'll go to Leicester. He'll go to Leicester yeah. if he comes out of retirement. He'll go to Leicester because Shakespeare's just just had the old Spanish archer. I hate this question exactly. because Absolutely. for me, it's the it's the football equivalent of going look, it's the Goodyear blimp, and then running away. You know what I mean? Because what what we've noticed at our club is something ain't right. We want to, and we'll use James's phrase: a change is needed. Yeah. Now, who it is? We have no bearing on whether the manager gets sacked. Really, we have no bearing on who comes in. So to ask me, you know, who we're going to get in, I can offer my opinion on people who's banded around like Nigel Pearce and Sam Allardyce. But you know, it'll, it'll, it'll all be quite moot in the end because you know he's not turned up. But we, we I see it on Twitter day in day out saying, "Well, who are you going to get then?" Well. I don't give a shit. It's not me signing the signing the contracts, is it? It's not me. You know what I mean? I could tell you who I'd like, but I'd not heard of um, who did I say the other day? The guy at Hull. What was his yeah. name? Bravo. He, he, you know, where did he come from? And he, and he, I thought he did a very good job because Hull were bloody awful. And yes, they still got relegated. Don't get me wrong, but they, you know, they they were a a better, much better team, and they they went down fighting. They didn't go down with a limp like what they're doing before. So. So a David Wagner or a Bravo would be absolutely spot on for me. Uh, somebody like that. Do I know who's the assistant manager at Dortmund? I've got no bloody idea. It was um, Silver, not Bravo. Silver, not Bravo. Bravo was the goalkeeper that got that got brought in. They're all foreign. Yeah. Um, this is a question that does crop up on 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 Twitter and. Um, kind of two things to say to it. One of all, what, first of all, is at the moment it's completely irrelevant. There's there's no evidence to actually suggest that Carlos is going to 
pull the plug. I know that rumor went around um, you know a couple of days ago last night, which which was nonsense. Um, but you know he's a very loyal man, and it could be that he said, "Look, you know, he, I've given him a third season, and he's getting a third season." You know, it, it could be that he's he's um, sat at home now, um, and you know he's absolutely not even willing to entertain the idea for all we know. So it's it's kind of an irrelevant conversation, and also yeah, we have no bearing on it. You know, we have no control over it. it, it it's irrelevant what what we think. Not one person, when Stuart Gray got sacked, not one person said, "Oh, now I know this good foreign coach called Carlos Cavalial. Maybe we should go for him." You yeah, know, we 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 may exactly. well have absolutely no idea who the next manager of Sheffield Wednesday is going to be. In the same way that no Hull fans would have said that. Um, uh, I can't remember his name. What's his name? Leonard. He's, he's got a weird name that sounds like Pooh. Yeah. The, the guy that's the Hull manager now, anyway. Um, him. Uh, I want to say Trotsky, and I'm like, it's definitely not Trotsky, but it's it's got something related to to Pooh. Um, uh, you know, no one no one knew who who he was. Uh, the 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 Norwich manager that's coming this season. Uh, no one knew who he was when David Wagner went to Huddersfield. No one knew who he was. So it could well be that our next manager ends up being someone that we've just never never heard of, or certainly never thought about. Um, in terms of becoming the next manager of, of, of Sheffield Wednesday. I think uh, the, uh, of the names that have been banded about, and I'm, I'm reluctant to do this, but you know, I think we've got to do. Um, I think Chris Corbin stands out as someone that I think could do a really good job in the uh, championship. He he had said that he wasn't going to stay on at, at Wales when his contract ends, where I think, I think he's got one more game, which is a friendly game in a few weeks. Um, and then after that, you know he could well be uh, looking for a job and, and might not be a, a bad shout. Um, obviously, after today, the name Craig Shakespeare is going to come up, who's got some connections with Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, I'm not sure about that one personally. I I, I, can't, I very drunkenly came up with the idea in 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 the pub the um, the pub just down the road from uh, the Macron Stadium as we were waiting for the ridiculous queues to get the tram into Manchester to, to die down on um, on Saturday. Um, and I don't even know where it came up in conversation, but I, I, I suddenly I was just like, Jürgen Klinsmann, let's get Jürgen Klinsmann. <laughs> and I quite like that idea. It'll never happen in a million years. Uh, but I like Klinsmann. I thought, he's got, he's, well, he's got a connection with us. And, and yeah, my mates were like, what are you talking about? He's got a connection with us. I'm like, he scored his first goal in, in English football at Hillsborough. He did the, the dive celebration. He'll remember that. He'll remember Sheffield Wednesday for that. So you never know. Uh, and actually, the guy that was the, um, the, the Dortmund manager... Um, Thomas, I never know how to pronounce his surname. I think is it is it Tuchel or Tuchel? Um, I I, th- I think that he's um, uh, had a pretty good record at, at Dortmund. Yep. Um, uh, again, um, he's probably more someone that would be looking actually for a top end Premier League job uh, if he was to come to England rather than a, <laughs> yeah, a, 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 it'd a be a bit of a coup if we managed to pull that off. But I mean, I, I don't know. Th- th- this is what we're doing. It we speculate. You know, I I, I saw someone very genuinely saying why are we not going after Sean Dyche surely he'd leave Burnley to come to Wednesday on on Twitter earlier and you think well if someone genuinely believes that Sean Dyche will walk away from Burnley who are um, you know they're in the the top end of the Premier League at the moment um, to come to us then you know maybe talking about a former Dortmund manager is not that um, is not that crazy I mean the one that that makes sense if you like is is Chris Coleman? He is coming to. I think his his actual contract runs out in November, doesn't it? With with Wales, um, yeah. and but obviously at the moment we are essentially, as ridiculous as it sounds, looking at the same managers that Leicester are looking at. So Chris Coleman has been heavily um, 
looking at Leicester as well. All these, it's weird that we're actually looking at the same managers as a Premiership football club. Yes, I think I don't know. Does the manager's wages affect fair play or anything at all? I don't think it does. Does it? Would that come into play at all? I honestly don't know. It, it will do in terms of your expenditure. Yeah, um, you know, it, 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 yeah, it, it will do in in some form or another. Yeah, but that that's the one that putting a sensible head on the things looked as normal as it could be, if you like. Chris Coleman had a good vein of decent players that played for Wales. He had a good atmosphere around the club, which is what we've discussed and it's what we're missing. It might work, but let's not be honest. Let, let's be honest. Since uh, since he's been a manager, he was lucky to get that job. Well, he got it by default, you know, because something really unfortunate happened. And, and you know, he's got the world's most expensive player who's playing around what, what was the world's most expensive player. It was playing around the other best players in the world. And they were a one-man team. Come on, man. You know, Hal robson Carno is not international quality. And all of a sudden, he's got lauded around because he did a Cruyff turn. It's absolutely horrendous. Chris Coleman, where he's been in terms of league football, has been poor. I yeah, don't know what he's time, done. When we're looking at this from a point of view, to get Wales to where Wales got, and I know, obviously, Gary Speed was the manager at that time, but... The, what we've just been speaking about is the reason that Wales got to there was team spirit. Their team spirit, yeah, I, I agree. I agree amazing, with you. I agree with you. Absolutely amazing, and that's it, something that at the moment, after discussing it, especially watching the Bolton game far many more times than I should have done, is something that I sorely, sorely missing. If that's a chap that can come in and and say, look, this is what we need, because football tactics these days, and Carlos does football tactics beautifully, in a beautiful, beautiful way. He's, he's written books on the subject, but. Modern football tactics are becoming normal now, aren't they? They are becoming standard. This is something that people train for in while they're doing their coaching badges. This is the reason that coaching badges are there. They are now a standard tactic of football. Carlos maybe did that before he was... Before his time, if you like, but now it's normal. And and we do need someone to, to, to galvanise the team and, and give them some chuffing umph again. And that's what I want to see. Because if you can't have umph against the Blunts... Who the chuff is going to bring that to us? It, it, that's the bit that I, I don't see because they're not listening to the fans because the fans, again, are brilliant at home or away. We're doing our job. And, and if anybody says otherwise, then to me, they're just planks. They really, really are. But the manager needs to get the team going. Is, is, is there... Um... I've always kind of thought with 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 football managers that they they kind of generally and this is this is a massive generalisation they they generally fit into one of two categories which is either the they're a very uh, tactically astute manager which is probably the category we put Carlos in although I, I think there's there's evidence to doubt that a little bit at the moment um, but you know generally speaking that's that you know he's he's, he's actually you know, he has literally written the book on it hasn't he um, then you get managers um, like let's say Neil Warnock who tactically hasn't got a clue like you know we, we collectively between us three we probably know more about football tactics than Neil Warnock does <laughs> but he's a motivator uh, and that means generally speaking he, he, he can only last a certain amount of time in a job because he'll motivate his players by screaming and shouting at him and then after a while they start to think he, he doesn't actually really know what he's talking about uh, and he loses them and he has to go somewhere else and do the same thing you know he went to Rotherham um, and, and, and did it at the, at the moment he's doing it at Cardiff he's actually been doing it at Cardiff for quite a long time to be fair um, but um, you, you, you get managers that generally fall into one of those two categories now normally when you get a manager 
like Carlos, who's a, who's a tactician that maybe doesn't do that do that motivation, then it's quite easy for them to get a number two or someone on their coaching staff who can do that, who's the one that everyone's a bit scared of. And, and, and in theory, we've got that now. We've got that with Lee Bullen. Lee Bullen is the guy who's the motivator. He's the one that's been at this club. You know, he's, he's, he's seen as he was part of the team. He led the team that won promotion in such dramatic fashion. Um, you know, back in whatever it was, two thousand and and five, um, and he's been through so many different things with 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 this club. You know, he's been there through ups and downs and and all sorts, uh, and he knows the club inside out. You know, he's the one that can do that team talk before the United game that Carlos can't. He's the one that can talk about what it means to the fans and what it means as a as a club. So is is actually is is it is it absolutely correct to say that what we're lacking is a motivator? Is is that really what we need, or is is the simple fact that the flip side of it, you know, the 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 team, the formation that we're playing, the tactics that we're playing, and everything, um, are not right at the moment, and that's overriding the fact that there's someone there that's that shouted at the telling them you've got to go out and do this and do that and do the other, and you've got to win for the fans and stuff, and the players are just thinking that's that's fine, but we're not playing the right tactics to win the game, and there's no changing that. So is 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 that what we need right now? I think Carlos is at a standard of obviously when he first started management. I think he was above standard of of a tactician, if you like. But now I think that is for a younger manager standard football tactics. Um, this is something they are taught. So I, I believe you're quite right. Of the generation of Mr. Wanker and, and that generation, there was two types of managers: the tacticians and the motivators. But these days. I think that tacticians are, it's a standard thing. It really, really is because this is something that you do your, your coaching badges for. And I think that the more, as we've seen time and time and time again, I think the motivators now, like your Leicesters, like your Chuffing Uniteds at the moment, I, I think that's what's really, really the element that, that's causing this problem. Very much like when we were all kids and we all learned about photosynthesis in science. When that first came along, that was a revelation where nobody knew what it was, but now it is something that, that school children learn. And to a lesser extent, I think that's where we are with football tactics. It's been done. The football tactics are out there for everybody to see. You can read about them. We can read Carlos's book. We, and then we just know all the football tactics. It's as simple as that. But when it comes to being a good motivator... That's what I think we're missing at the moment. I really, really do, and I, it pains me to say because I love Carlos so much. This, this doesn't this kind of bring us back to this argument that I I can't believe he's, he's still raging on. I can't believe I'm actually going to um, pay reference to it. Um, but you know, in terms of having a, a, a manager who can really motivate, you know, we we've probably within the last decade we've had the ultimate manager that can do that in terms of Megson. Um, you know, Megson was an out and out motivator and, and very much actually out of the Warnock mold yeah, in the, in that right. sense that, you know, what he did was 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 motivation. We forget the fact that actually under Megson, we played some absolutely dire football. You know, at times <laughs> it was horrendous to to, to watch. Um, and, and you know, the, the difference when David Jones came in and I'm not going to suggest that Dave Jones was the ultimate tactician because he definitely wasn't. <laughs> but almost overnight, you know, we started playing some football that was nice to watch, and that just didn't happen under 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 Megson. Um, so, you know, do, do you do you with with the quality of players that we've that we've got? If you bring in someone that is an out and out motivator, that maybe tactically it isn't, you know, it isn't as astute as someone else may be. Um, do you get you you maybe get that short term bounce from the fact that they scream and shout yes. a lot? 
but yes. actually, you know, we've we've got intelligent footballers, right? We've got we've got players that are internationals. We've got players that have played in the Premier League. You know, we've got we've got players that have played at very high levels in in other leagues around Europe and around the world. Um, is a motivator actually going to do anything other than um, keep the fans happy? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, you look at that generation of Megson and Warnock, and they are they are motivators, but they're. It's weird to say this, but their football knowledge is from when they were playing football. Whereas a younger manager has studied football tactics in more... In my opinion, I, I would imagine that they have studied football tactics in more depth than a Gary Megson or a Neil Warnock. And, and I think that is now a standard level of tactics management, if you like. Whereas a motivator is something that you can't teach. It is... If we had a level of Garamegs of motivation with a level of Carlos um, tactics analysis, if you like, then brilliant, absolutely spot on. But I do think that Carlos is, for a younger manager, pretty much standard, as long as they've got a half a brain in the head. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he does anything that's absolutely revolutionary. It's not like he's created a trick oyster or, or this, this role that nobody knew could exist. Mm. It's not like he's brought back the, the MW formation from the 50s and the 60s. It's just dumb. I, I think he's basically peddling par for the course. But because we're used to crap management, like, you know, crap tactics like Megson and Stuart Gray, we all think, you know, there's a part of us that went, oh, this is exciting. It's smashing. Look at yeah, this. 5-3-2. Who do you think we are? But that's, that's the problem. <laughs> That's the problem for for someone who is very well thought of in terms of tactics. Carlos is out of ideas, uh, and and if he's not out of ideas, if he's got ideas, he's he's just not communicating them to the players very well because they're not going out and doing them. In which case, if you have got a Chris Coleman that is at a level of tactics as Carlos, and clearly can motivate a team to get a, again, I don't mean this to sound disrespectful, but a team like Wales to where they got to because there was a massive team spirit with Wales. That's what we need right now. We need someone of the level of Carlos regarding tactics and then who is able to galvanise his team to say, look, get out there and fight for this badge. And yes, Bully should be there to that, but at the end of the day, Bully's not the gaffer. And on the, the two occasions where we have seen um, Carlos in the stands and Bully essentially in charge, we won. Convincingly. Yeah, fair, fair point, fair point, fair point. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I would, I, I'm not so... So I say that convincingly is well entirely accurate. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, we, did, we 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 yeah, we did we did win, and uh, you know, it was it remains the the best run that we've been on this season, doesn't it? You know, those two wins in a in a row. Um, yeah, um, I, I can't I can't argue with you in 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 that sense. In that case, um, bullying. I, I I just think I, I uh, yeah, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I, th I think that um, I I keep coming back to this this kind of fact that I think you know we we have some quality footballers at this at this club and I know at the moment there's people that are kind of you know slagging off the squad a little bit and saying it's it's unbalanced and it's this and it's that and it's it's the other but you know th that's a squad that that's good enough to be up there challenging and and I you know I say that in 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 hope as much as anything you know I've got to believe that that squad is good enough to to go and challenge for promotion this season if someone that could, could come in and, and and kind of spot what's what's not quite right and what we aren't doing right and you know we've 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 talked particularly me and fudge you um fudge me and you have talked about uh the idea of three at the back of uh, yeah. loads of times and 
yep. know, why aren't they willing? Why is Carlos not willing to um, consider it? And I'm, I'm sure that he has. I'm sure that he has. Um, but someone that can come in and, and, and just put their finger on, all right, this is this is what we're going to do, and, and this is why, and this is the effect that it's going to have. And the players will be like, oh, right, okay, that's something new. I like, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Um, and, and that will get the the results out of them and yeah it, you know, it probably does need to be someone that can do both things it probably does need to be someone that can be um a motivator um and a character in the dressing room you know whether or not there's anything there's any kind of correlation with the fact that it does seem like team spirit's gone down this season this is the first season where we've not had jose Semedo around the place i don't know if there's there's a connection there right. um but you know th- 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 there's something to be to, to to maybe be looked at there i don't know no you're um, absolutely right but yeah, I mean, it's it's if Carlos does go, and it's a massive if. If Carlos does go, it's a hugely important appointment, and and you know, I, I I've got to put complete faith in the chairman that he will do what is right for um for for, for Sheffield Wednesday, because you know what, there's been a lot of arguing uh, among the fan base, not just this week, although more this week than we've seen for 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 a long time, uh, but for the last few weeks, there's been a lot of arguing among the fan base. But the one thing that actually unites us all is that ultimately we all want what is best for Sheffield Wednesday. We've all got different ideas about how to get there. We've all got different ideas about where the, the problem is at, at the moment. And as we touched on earlier, you know, that there are things behind the scenes that are probably bigger issues to someone than to someone else. But it all comes back to the fact that we want the best for Sheffield Wednesday and we want to see this club doing well and and this club should be doing better than it is doing right now and we deserve to be doing better than we um than, than we are doing right now um so you know we've just we've got to get this right no i think you're absolutely right jane and this is where to, to touch on the other point that we spoke about earlier obviously the, the disconnection from the local because we've now separated these two issues obviously we've spoke about the manager issue there are lots and lots of fans out there that are disconnected from the football club at the moment so Aside from the football, aside from what's happening on the pitch, to me this is quite a, an important element actually because if, if I, as a lifelong Sheffield Wednesday fan, I'm feeling disconnected from the football club, there are reasons for that as well. And and it, I think it's more important than people are realising. I really, really do. Um, football is a, or was, should I say, a working man's sport. And this is not necessarily the Sheffield Wednesday issue, but it is a, a football issue. I'd... I, no longer think that football is a working man's sport, and that's the problem. South Yorkshire is a working family's area, if you like, and and it does feel like that sometimes it's not just about buying bendy pendles and a football kit, but actually going to a football match for a working class family can be incredibly expensive. You, you're talking the thick I end, agree with you. Yeah, you're talking the thick end of a week's wage, and and sometimes when I see on Twitter and I see on Facebook and and you see. And, and don't get me wrong, I love our fan base. I, I absolutely adore them. And this is me putting the point out there more than anything else. James, I, I admire what you do for Sheffield Wednesday Football Club. You follow them all over the country, and I think it's absolutely fantastic that you do that. And and I wish that I could, as you do. And, and all the fans that go to these football matches, and, and, and at the beginning of the Bolton match, when they were singing the hearts out, and, and it, it, it makes you feel proud to be a Sheffield Wednesday fan. But there is an element of this fan base that, that can't do that. And and when a lot of, and I'm not pointing this at you, Jane, in any way, shape or form whatsoever, but there are elements of the Sheffield Wednesday Football Club that say, well, if you don't go to football matches, you're not a proper football fan. But there are also an element of the Sheffield Wednesday Football fan, that, like Fudge, that lives out of the area. So it's more or less impossible for him to do that. There are families out there that have children to feed. And when I was a boy, it, it was easier for a working class family to go and watch a football match. 
it is now far, far more difficult for a man that's been working in a factory all day or has been out working for the council all day to come home to his three children and say, let's go and watch Sheffield Wednesday because it's a thick end of a week's wage to go and watch football these days. And then when our glorious 105th anniversary comes along and the the things that have been sent out there are for... £8,000 paintings and, and £150 watches. £150 is a lot of money for a lot of families out there. And and, and if you don't have a family, and, 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 and I was a young chap once and I, I didn't have a family and I followed Sheffield Wednesday and I spent a lot of money following the club and it was fantastic and I loved it. But now I've got three mouths to feed and my wife, I suppose she needs to eat as well. And, and it is more difficult to do that. And that's one of the reasons that a lot of people out there are feeling disconnected from this football club. It is easier as a, a, a resident of South Yorkshire to now go and watch Sheffield Steelers than it is to watch Sheffield Wednesday. And that's, it's not specifically a Sheffield Wednesday problem. It is a football problem. It is no longer a working man's sport as it used to be. And I think a lot of the working fans are feeling pushed out of our football club. And it's a difficult situation. It's nothing to do with the football on the pitch because if the football on the pitch is there or not, we, a lot of people can't afford to go and watch a football match. It, it's nothing to do with the painting because we all love seeing those superstars on those paintings. We, we, we love the the little bits in the, the background there. We love seeing that kind of thing because that's when, obviously, not just my generation, but my father's generation and my grandfather's generation watch football. And that's the stories that we brought up on. But even for the 150 quid replica that got mucked up, it's people aren't going to buy that because that's your family's budget for their food shopping for a week on there. And, and that's where I think a lot of fans are becoming massively disconnected from our football club. Yeah, I, th- I think he's underestimated just how skint we are up in yeah. Yorkshire. <laughs> I think there is a genuine element of that to it. And it's nice to hear a different side of it, to be fair. To be fair, Lord Age. It's coming from a chuffing lord, for Christ's sake. I mean, you'd imagine if anybody was going to sort of back for the other team, it'd be me. But So there's no money in lording, is that what you're telling me? No money in lording these days, I'll be. They are, James. You can give it up. You can give it up, mate, James. Blame the concern for that. I mean, look, this this is uh, this is uh, is actually it's a a conversation about the the gentrification of of football, which you know started with the advent of the Premier League and um, has slowly trickled, you know, certainly down into the um, into the Championship now. And you wonder how long before it it trickles, you know, further down from um, from from there. And it's you know we could record a, a two hour podcast just talking about. This subject. It's interesting for me because I mentioned earlier I've got quite into German football this this season, uh, which is you know one of the few um, uh, countries where you can go and watch a, a football match. You can stand on terracing. You can drink a beer during the game. You can smoke a cigarette during the game if you want to. You can vape during the game. Um, you can do pretty much anything while you stood on the terracing while you're watching. You know the top two teams in Bundesliga play each other. Um, you know that that's where that 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 country is still at in terms of uh, football. And you'll pay about twenty euros for uh, for for a ticket 
on the terracing in, in a top flight game. You go down to the, the second tier, I mentioned St. Pauli earlier, €12.50 Euros 50 it costs for a, a ticket to um, to watch them in, in the standing section of, of their um, of their ground, which is about 11 quid. which is what, you know, you see people when they um, post photos on Twitter of, oh, I found this old ticket for Wednesday against Villa in the um, old Division 1 in, you know, 1991, and it was £12 or something mm. to um, to go to the football um, then. And, and, you know, the same thing's happening in Germany at the moment where, you know, they, they, they're kind of trying to make it a bit more showbiz. They want to go down the Premier League route. The fans are resisting it, and it's a really interesting time for German football at, at the moment. It's happened here, and, you know, right now... What we're seeing at Sheffield Wednesday is smack bang in the middle of that of, the, of that argument and that and that debate, and we we probably at the moment just see it as a because we're Sheffield Wednesday fans, we see it very exclusively as a Sheffield Wednesday problem, and it's not. It's a problem right across football, and genuinely, we could I would happily sit here just on my own and talk about it for the next two hours and probably bore everyone senseless, and everyone's bored senseless <laughs> this week anyway because I've been on the TV and in the bloody paper and everywhere. Um, so I'll I'll, I'll shut up about it, but. Yeah, I mean, what you're touching on is 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 a much bigger problem than just um, Sheffield Wednesday, and this this idea of football being the working class game, forget it. You know, it's it's gone. It's it's gone and forgotten. If you want that, then go to Hallam and and watch what they're doing there because you know you you'll, you you pay a few quid to go and watch and you can talk to the players when they're taking a throw in and it's proper you know grassroots good honest football where you can drink a beer and and, and watch the game and stuff like that um in 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 certainly in the top two flights of english football now it's 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 gone and it won't it and won't that's that's why a lot of fans that were brought up as working class fans feel disconnected from this football club and i honestly don't know how the club are going to get that taken care of but they need to because there's a massive working class fan base in South Yorkshire and if you are one of those fans that that goes to the away games and that sort of thing and a lot of these are young chaps and they are still living at home and and fair play to you I, I, I envy that you can do that I really really do there's there's dads listening to this podcast now and the the worst thing I could think is that those people that did go to um, I mean, myself and and and, and Paddy from the the Alstock podcast we we sort of went to reserve games and it cost us fifty p to get in as kids and and those sorts of things and that's the bit that you remember and that's what solidified me as a Sheffield Wednesday football fan for life that's what is why I am Wednesday till I die and when we sing that song. It's because it was part of us growing up. All the photos of me when I was a baby, and I love seeing the pictures now that kids put out, uh, sorry, that, that parents put out the babies in, and they've got the baby grows on, and they've got the things, because I've got those pictures from when I was a kid as well. And a lot of people have out there, and they are working class families. And that's why, if if anybody from the club is listening, please, please, just, just do something to make us feel part of it. Because... We, we we love this football club. We absolutely adore this football club. And and the fireworks display and the cake and all that kind of thing was brilliant because that was something that, we're, that, that, that working class families could attend and feel part of this wonderful, brilliant, marvellous football club that we love so, so much. But we do feel left behind. So when you are looking at Twitter and, and you're seeing these, these dads and these mums that have got four and five children or even just one or two children at home and it is going to cost them 60 pounds for a football kit to to so their kids can be what they had when they were young just bear them in mind 
because it is a massive part of your fan base and if you lose that working class fan base it's difficult the one thing that that working class families and, and we can still do for Sheffield Wednesday football fans is podcasts it's free and i think it's absolutely fantastic that all these new podcasts are popping up obviously um star are doing a podcast now um alstock are doing a fantastic podcast now um obviously the chaps over there in america are doing a fantastic i really really enjoyed that podcast and that's social media podcasts these things still make us feel connected to our football club because i can talk about Sheppy wednesday all week i can talk about Sheffield for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours yes i'm a gentleman of a certain age shall we say so i can talk about the good old days and all that kind of nonsense but so can my granddad and so can my granddad's granddad etc 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 but it's getting to the point now where there are other things that children from working class families can do because they can't afford to go and watch a football match anymore so please please Bear that in mind, anybody from the club out there. And if you are one of those chaps that do spend a lot of money on Sheffield Wednesday Football Club, and fair play to you, as I say, I'm so, so envious, don't get on at the fans that can't. It doesn't make them less football fans. It doesn't make them less Sheffield Wednesday fans. They love this football club. It is inside them. And I know it's so cheesy to say, but it, it, it is there. And we love it just as much as everybody else does. Just bear it in mind. Well said. Well said. Well said. Right. I've had my little rant. And again, I I really should stop recording these podcasts when I've had far too much to drink, boys and girls. But, um, James, I believe you've been having a little chat with somebody out there on Twitter this week as well. Haven't you all been? Yeah, I I quite like Squiffy Squiffy Lord H. Yeah, I I I really should stop recording these com- drinks with your own moonshine before um, <laughs> moonshine <laughs> podcast more often oh, is, it, is it like so like 15 percent or something is it you know, well, banned in 48 states of america or something the thing is again it comes back to this situation obviously homebrewing your own beer is is something that we've done for a while in in, in hillsborough towers and it, it makes doing that kind of thing much much cheaper as well <laughs> and um when it actually finally try and get thornbridge there, to bottle this up and sell it <laughs> well that's the thing thornbridge will charge you a fiver a pint or something ridiculous this costs like 24p it's fantastic and it does the job so on on the day that the home homebrew actually ferments and it's all there and properly carbonated like a real drink it's fantastic um but yes uh james i believe that you've been obviously having a little chat with uh, with somebody um out there who's about to have a little chat with the sheffield wednesday player uh, yes, that's very true. Um, so this is um, uh, a new friend of the uh, podcast, a guy called Mike. Uh, now, Mike uh, runs a, um, a website or is involved in a, a website that um, covers Dutch football. Now, um, there, there's obviously been an interest from Dutch football fans in, in, in Sheffield Wednesday over the last couple of years because Glenn Leuvens has been here, who is um, you know very well known in, uh, in, in Dutch football. Um, and now, obviously, we have uh, Joost van Aken, um, who is very, very well thought of in in terms of um in terms of dutch football um so uh mike is actually through the club has managed to arrange to do an interview with um just van aken which is taking place I, th- I think it's at the start of next week so depending when you're listening to this that's kind of the start of the week after the um derby away match um so he's after any questions from wednesday week listeners that they would like us uh, that they would like to ask to um 
to can we call him JVA? Is that all right? Is that is that too is that too <laughs> kind of chatty to call him JVA? I'm going to call him JVA anyway. So any questions that you've got for JVA? I'm going to put a tweet out from the Wednesday Week account uh, just when we finish recording this uh, this podcast. So reply to that with any questions that you would like to be put to um, Jost, and we will let you know when that interview is online for you to have um, a look at. So that's uh, you know a good chance to find out more about what has I think you know pretty pretty without much doubt being our best signing of this season um so far i've got two other tiny little bits as well i'll just mention now while i'm talking uh one is just to say big congratulations to uh, a guy called david ward i think it is and i'm going to double check that yes david ward uh, who won our competition from uh, the uh, yes the football bobbles uh, twitter account uh, so he's won the the sheffield wednesday reversible um bucket hat now i hear a rumor that football bobbles are getting some some proper wednesday bobble hats on the way very soon so i'm going to put a word in see whether or not i can get hold of maybe one or two of those for us to give away in the next few weeks Uh, and the final thing which is actually just to kind of repeat something that we've touched on at a couple of different points during the podcast but i I want to kind of say it myself as well which is just to say um a huge well done and a massive kind of like uh, welcome really to the owls and merry cast which is um stems really from it, it stemmed from new york owls which has kind of um now kind of um born into this owls americas movement which is bringing together all the various wednesday fans right across um not just central america across all of the uh, the continent uh, we've talked about the group before and about how brilliant it is trying to get wednesday fans together to watch games uh, whether it is in, in america or, or wherever and i think is it buenos aires where they've got a, a big group Everywhere. of wednesday fans there as well it's fantastic it's absolutely fantastic that they do this so they're now doing this podcast if you've not checked it out and obviously it's it's a rival podcast but if you enjoy <laughs> listening to us um, then you will enjoy listening to them because they're about 20 times better than we are. Um, so you will absolutely love it. It's, it's so interesting to hear. Um, it's interesting to hear Wednesday fans talking about Wednesday with, with proper American accents. It's so strange. But just hearing their stories about how they became Wednesday fans um, and, you know, one of the guys in their pilot episode who, who basically says that he became a Wednesday fan because he just, he liked owls, <laughs> like the animal. He liked owls. When uh, when he was younger and and came across Sheffield Wednesday and that's how he became like a fully fledged if you forgive the pun a fully fledged Wednesday fan, um, so it's it's fascinating it is well worth a listen please do check that out because those guys have done a brilliant job of their um, pilot episode and I'm looking forward to their future episodes as well so they're they're the the things that I wanted to mention absolutely and and rightly so as well I mean if we could just get another couple of, uh, of Sheffield Wednesday podcasts out there then we'd have one for every day of the week as well which would be absolutely marvelous. obviously we are older bigger and better hey. but um, <laughs> the fact that, that... I, I I think we should. We should seriously be in competition. Arsenal have got about so like fourteen different podcasts, um, and I think I've mentioned on the podcast before. Arsenal ruined my life in nineteen ninety three when I was a wee nipper, um, so I want to beat them. So you know we've got four now. If we can get another ten, then we can actually beat Arsenal at some point. Absolutely. And, and the, the thing point. is, that I don't want people out there to think that there is any animosity at all between between Sheffield Wednesday podcasts. It's it's brilliant. It's it's fantastic that all these podcasts out there. Yes, we are going to crush them because obviously, again, we are older, bigger, and better. But we <laughs> <laughs> we 
love the fact that there is so much content out there for Sheffield Wednesday fans, and uh, the, the more the better. So if you sat there right now, com- contemplating, just 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 record something, stick it out on iTunes. It's it's practically free. It doesn't cost anything to do this so get it out there um and and i think it's just wonderful that the more people that are doing this the better i think it's it's just brilliant and uh, obviously paddy over there at the new york owls is a, is a very very old friend of mine and and what is over there obviously starting new york owls and then and spreading this around with the help of, of jeff um who is is brilliant i mean uh, they've both been on the podcast before um probably before james was on obviously if you remember we've been doing this a long long time now um both our chapters on the podcast before jeff is a seasoned podcaster he's done he's done various podcasts from different sporting i think he's a big baseball fan as well i've listened to a few of the shows and uh, i especially enjoyed him talking about soup on those as well um so <laughs> please do have a little listen and 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 one for every day of the week if you're doing one now please get those podcasts out there and we'll get them all done yeah, yeah. Uh, right. right then ladies and gents obviously it's been a bit of a long one this week and it's been a lot of things that need to discuss probably my fault for being a little bit squiffy this week which is unusual but we do have the derby game coming up as well oh dear derby um right oh. It's a difficult one for Derby, isn't it? Because they're one of those football clubs that are very much like us at the moment, aren't they? They are expected to do very, very well this season, and they are essentially doing the same as we are at the moment, aren't they? Um, And if anything, looking at our beautiful past, um, this is a team we should be beating because they are with us, essentially, point for point at the moment, aren't they? I think we've um, had very sort of similar seasons, and I saw... um... It might have been like a Derby uh, blog or something that that tweeted earlier, kind of saying it's going to be a really interesting game because of the fact that we, both Wednesday and Derby this season, have been remarkably consistent in being inconsistent. (laughs) So it is like the battle of the inconsistent teams. Win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Um, You know, we've kind of matched each other um, all season. So um, it, it, it could well be an interesting game. I, I have absolutely no idea which Sheffield Wednesday we turn. It's like Jekyll and Hyde at the moment, isn't it? It's like, you know, do we do we get the, the Wednesday that can go to Fulham and win and, and beat Leeds? Or do we get the Wednesday that crumbles against Birmingham and against um against Bolton? Um Derby doesn't begin with B, so maybe that's one good thing. Um place into our hands. I'm gonna go with that. Because because Derby doesn't begin with B, I think we'll get a win. See, I think it's going to be a different because I, I think we a different a different outcome because I think we always have a, a we always struggle against Derby. I don't know what it is whether it's because of our close proximity and the good atmospheres that they bring and that we bring yada yada yada. But I think it'll be something like a two all draw. It's difficult with that because we are really on a par. I mean, obviously, Vidra at the beginning of the season is something we were linked with as well, weren't we? And he's he's as he scored six this season or something like that. So. It's a really difficult one. Uh, obviously, the Nuge is um, could be the difference <laughs> for Derby as well, uh, as his namesake for says. But it's it's a really really odd one. And I should imagine is there a Derby podcast out there? I apologise for not knowing that. There's certainly not four. I know that. Um, but I should imagine they've probably had a very similar conversation to the one that we've had on the Wednesday week this week, haven't they, chaps? I guess so. I guess so. I mean, they they must be sat there thinking because they had a period of being up near there and being one of the contenders, and then I think they've kind of their inconsistency has brought them down a few the last couple of years. So I mean, they're, they're, with Derby County, you never bet on them. You know what I mean? They're they're not a team you'd ever lump your house on to uh, to score three against Bolton because they can end up 
doing a Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> Is that, that become an official term, doing mm-hmm. a Sheffield Wednesday? Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, because doing a derby is getting relegated relegated out the Premier League, isn't it? With a, a abysmal amount of points. So yeah, or stealing stealing songs. So uh, yeah, doing a Sheffield Wednesday is just beating yourself. <laughs> Which uh, there's a joke there, but I'm not going to stoop myself to that level, fuzzy hobby. Um, <laughs> right then, ladies and gents, that's going to bring us to an end of the podcast for this week. I apologise, it's been a long one, but there are things that do need to be discussed from this week. Jamesy, old boy, if people want to find you over there, not just on the social medias, but on the television, in the paper, you, you, you get everywhere these days, don't you all been? And chuffing rightly so as well. <laughs> Media whore. Um, that's, I'm going to change my Twitter bio later just to Media whore. Um, but yeah, if you do want to get me on um, on Twitter and, and, and see my old bio before I change it, um, the fact that I the Channel Five Football James Show Marriott. are coming to the Wednesday week for analysis uh, just goes to show the class of the podcast you are listening to at the moment, ladies and gentlemen. Um, speaking of class, Fudgy, oh boy, if people want to find you up there on the Twitch reach, where can we do that? That was I, a lovely segue. Uh, I that's why that we'll talk about <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, that's what it is. I, I think it says more about. I think it says more about their show than ours. To be Probably. fair, the, the fact that they're coming to us for any kind of any kind of punditry. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm at Dan Fudge on Twitter. Um, you know, I'm there for knob gags, and uh, and you'll see me uh, see me getting uh, you know mugged off by a guy called Chris Bridden, who just just seems to like saying things. But you know, it's all good fun. We're having a good time. <laughs> Of course, if you'd like to get over me over there on the Twitter, you can do that at Lord Hates. That's L zero R D underscore H. You can get all the podcast at TWWcast. There is a website out there as well, but apparently, um, our blogs now go to the Sheffield Star for some reason, which is fantastic. Um, but uh, the, <laughs> the podcast uh, website is still there as well, of course. Um, and of course, if James, are we still accepting applications for writings for the websites as well? Uh, yeah, on this subject, by the way, um, when I was asked to do the thing for the star, they, they asked me to do 400 words, and I did a 1,000, um, and I sent it to Chris Holt um, and assumed that he'd just chop it down to 400, and I thought, what I'll do is I'll put the full version of it on our website. So I was like, brilliant, I kind of get two people <laughs> one. Um, and they just printed the whole thing anyway, so it kind of was... It became a bit um, a bit pointless, but yeah, anyone that wants to write any blogs, and you know what, you know, it, it's a dead interesting time. If you've got stuff to say, um, you know, what what I would say is you know, make it constructive. We don't just want to hear you know, people kind of just slagging off Carlos, you know. But if you've got constructive stuff to say, if you've got stuff that you want to get off your chest, if you've got points that you want to put forward, and you think it's not fair, I'm I'm not on that podcast. I got I don't get the chance to do it. That that's what our website uh, is there for. You can't fit it in 140 characters. Write a blog, send it to me, James at the Wednesday Week. Absolutely, and I think the star are very thankful for your rather longer um, piece there because the adverts they fitted into that piece was amazing as you were scrolling down your wonderful, wonderful writings there, James. Um, of course, we're over there on the YouTubes as well, and everywhere else you can find us on social media. You know where it is by now. But of course, be good. Be safe. Please, please stay as one unit, Sheffield Wednesday fans. We all love our football club. Let's, whatever happens, just get behind the team, eh? And uh, the away fans, the home fans, just stay with that wonderful noise for the club. Let's do our job. And let's hope that the uh, the chaps behind the scenes do that as well. We'll see you real soon.
it's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing, ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points, back of the net. Lubosh. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.